test, test, waiting for Hannah to get off her cell phone. <laughs> test. What do you want from me? I'm popular. Okay, hang on. I just got a quick respond to this girl on Hinge. Mm-hmm. Okay. Our games a little bit. She said... She asked me about my tattoo, and she said, I hope to see the whole thing one day. And then she said, how long do you have in total? Do you think that that means how many tattoos do I have? Or, or how, how long, long is this one tattoo? I don't think that's a weird question. Is English her first language? I don't think so. Okay. So I would imagine she wants to know how many you have. Okay. We are currently recording while Hannah responds to an episode. <laughs> Message on Hinge. Okay, and do I say like, <laughs> wouldn't you like to know? <laughs> or am I just like, like, I don't have any tattoos. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna... They're all press-ons. <laughs> together in person but we're recording this first so if we sound awkward that's why <laughs> we're a little rusty this is the part where we tell you guys that even though we've been telling you this whole time we're sisters we're actually complete strangers and this is the first time we've ever met in person it's extremely awkward and it turns out i hate her <laughs> <laughs> so we after we record this we plan on fighting to the death oh 100 percent. so i hope you guys enjoy this episode um so we had planned on doing a full episode on this movie uh, during December, and then we just couldn't get scheduling stuff to work out. So we still wanted to get to talk about it because it was a first watch for Hannah. Um, so we're going to give you guys just a short little mini episode just talking about the movie. So today we're going to be talking about the 2010 movie Rare Exports. Hannah, as a first time viewer of this film, do you want to give me a synopsis of what this movie was about? Yes, and I also want to introduce this movie a little bit in that I remember seeing the trailer for this movie on apple.com slash trailers. Oh, what a, what a, what a mood, as yeah. the kids are saying. Way back in the day, like when I was still in high school, and I remember showing it to you and our brother and our dad and being like, this movie looks crazy, and then when it came out... Everybody saw it, and I never saw it. Yeah, I, I didn't know. I didn't know until this year that you had not seen it. Like, because I remember you showing me the trailer, I just assumed that we had watched it together. Yeah, and I think everybody assumed that, and then because I have a bit of a, you know, I used to be like a pathological liar as a child, and I got, I got mostly better about it, but sometimes I still lie about things when they're like, insignificant <laughs> mm -hmm. so you know you guys probably assumed that I had seen it and I just didn't correct you because it was a small enough lie that I could get my fix without getting into any trouble and now here we are 
10 years later. This movie came out in 2010. <laughs> so 10 years later and you're finally watching it. Apples.com apples slash trailers. <laughs> it's not even where we go for our trailers anymore. Um, yeah, that was early days. Um, so anyway, in this movie... Okay, I'm not going to remember any names. Luckily, there's only, like, four characters. Um, yeah, I guess we should say, in fairness, that we both watched this several weeks ago when we had originally planned to record, so... Yeah, and I'm never good at remembering the characters' names, and... Especially in a non-English film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's, like, the main little boy. Uh, Pietri. Sure. He's the only one whose name I'm going to remember. But I'm and gonna, I am looking at the IMDb page right now, I'm so... I'm going to call him Lil P. Okay. <laughs> That little pee. <laughs> so he's like, um, he and his best friend see an explosion, or no, a dig, a dig that's happening on top of a mountain near their house. Yeah, there's like a huge excavation process going yeah. on. And it's a, we should clarify that this movie takes place in Finland, is that right? But it's the where the... Um, excavation is taking place is across the border in Russia. So there's like a big fence. Oh, I did not realize that. Yeah, later on when they, when he and his family cross over to the dig and they go through the fence, they make some reference to how they're not supposed to go over there because it's across the border. Oh, I didn't, I didn't catch that and I just thought it was like because it was like government property yeah. or something. I'm bad at geography and I'm actually going to Google right now to make sure that Finland and uh, Russia touch while you continue talking. Yeah, or just make sure it's in Finland. Well, the thing is, continue. I'll okay. answer you in a second. Um, so <laughs> they see this excavation happening, and then they um, they go home, and then the little boy, little P, he's like doing all these things to try to. He's already doing things to try to catch Santa Claus, um, but then he starts like like weird shit starts going down, and he becomes suspicious that it's like. This, like, myth of Santa Claus that he read about before, um, where Santa Claus is, like, not really good at all, but, like, feeds on children and, um, is actually, like, evil. So then it's, like, Lil P and his dad and his dad's friend find an old man in the woods, well, in a hole behind their house, Mm -hmm. and then, um... They all kind of, like, team up to, to take down Santa Claus. Yeah? That was great. That was a great synopsis. Thank you. Thank you. I have been gone for a while, but it's been because I've been in school, so I'm, like, really smart right now. <laughs> well, that was a great synopsis. And to clarify some of our questions about both geography and the production of this film, so the reason that I had to check was that this movie is a joint production between... Finland, Sweden, Norway, and France. Ah, okay. Well, so I France. Yeah. So I did not know <laughs> in which country this film was set. Um, looking at a map, both Finland and Norway touch Russia. So it's in one of those countries, presumably right on the border with Russia. Those dirty um, birds. <laughs> so, so yeah, this was... Um, I don't remember when I first watched this movie. I must have been in college. Um, but I'm curious what what you thought of this movie after having seen the trailer so many times years ago and then having watched it so much later. Okay. And this is part of why I, like, insisted that we podcast on it together. Um, even though it's, like, a little late. I loved it. Like, it exceeded my expectations. 
And especially because I hadn't seen it in so long, but I had kind of like built... Part of why I didn't see it for so long is because I probably built it up in my head a lot Mm -hmm. over time. And then to finally watch it, I was like, oh, fuck yeah, this movie is amazing. Like, not to jump too far ahead or to give too much away, because I really do think if people haven't seen it, they should watch it. Right. Um, But when they find the old man and he's all like gross and all this stuff. And like feral. And feral, yeah. And then they're, but he's like also not moving and then, but when they make the discovery that he's not really Santa, he's one of Santa's helpers and then there's naked old men running at them from like the woods. That was A, brilliant and B, like terrifying. Like it was great. I loved it. I just like love the way that this movie really was able to, like, work the myths around Santa Claus mm-hmm. into this, like, horrific story. Like, though, I love that, that whole thing of, like, parents always telling their kids, like, oh, even though this, like, mall Santa isn't really Santa, he's Santa's helper. Mm-hmm. And then the idea that all of Santa's helpers are, like, feral old men <laughs> like that are naked and <laughs> That are just naked and in the woods, like. <laughs> so I guess we should clarify that if you've not seen this, since we're doing a, a shorter conversation especially, we're going to spoil things as we go. So if you haven't watched it, it's currently on Shudder. Um, I'm sure you can also rent it somewhere. Um, but if you don't already belong to Shudder, what are you doing? Um, I bought it by accident, but I'm very happy I did. <laughs> Shudder, you mean you got a one-year subscription by accident? Yes, I did. <laughs> um, yeah, it was really fun to rewatch this. Um, my, my partner had never seen it, and... When, and I have said to him several times that I wanted him to watch it and I wanted us to watch it together. So this like finally gave us a reason to watch it. And I don't think he'd ever seen the trailer. I, and all I had ever told him was like, oh, it's like a weird Christmas horror movie. It's fun. And it, it really got him good. Like he was so freaked out and he had so much fun. I think the little boy in this, Lil P, um, the little boy in this is amazing. Like his performance is so good and it's such a fun thing because we don't get this in horror movies a lot where you see kids being put in real danger. And especially when it's a movie like about Christmas where a bunch of kids get put in danger. And I'm sure if you're listening to us talk about this, you're like, well, we saw Krampus and Krampus already did that. And it's like, yeah, except... This came out in 2010, and I also rewatched Krampus this year. And I don't know if this is something that you caught or wanted to talk about, but I think the American Krampus owes a lot to this movie. Yeah, I actually watched Krampus immediately after watching mm-hmm. this one, and like I always want to call it Northern Exports because of Northern Exposure. <laughs> um, but <laughs> yeah, I watched it right after um, I finished watching Rare Exports, and like. Yeah, and I had the same reaction. And especially because also, like, I love Krampus because it's really fun. Yeah. But it's not really that scary to me. It's got great jump scares, but... Yeah. Yeah. But, like, the... Some of the creepiness and, like, the visuals of rare exports are able to achieve, like, an actual... Like, the dolls that they leave behind in the beds when they kidnap kids are fucking scary. Mm -hmm. Like, just... I had to, like close my eyes at one point because I was just like, I don't want to remember that in my brain and, like, see it in my nightmares. Right. 
And yeah, so I agree. And especially like with the look of the Santa and with like the kidnapping kids and everything, I agree that I think that Krampus owes a lot to this. But then at the same time, like, because Krampus was made in America and made um, with a more, like, commercial intent in mind, Mm -hmm. it also is not able to, like, really go there with some things. Um, Because it was only PG-13. Yes, that's correct. Yeah, so, I mean... As, as people on this podcast, I don't know. You watch a you watch one of the cousins get eaten by a giant jack in the box. I know, but there's like you don't see a lot of the deaths. There's not a lot. There's no blood. Like there's definitely no dicks in it. And as everyone, there's definitely not a lot of. I've been gone for a while, but in case anyone was wondering, I'm still an equal opportunity nudity seeker in my films. And there's so many old man penises in rare just exports. running around in the snow. Just running around in the snow, just swinging around with beards as white and long as the ones on their faces. <laughs> um, oh what if God. people watched this movie and all the old man penises had little Santa hats. had little Santa beards? It would be like you know we watched that I showed you that video on um, Instagram yesterday that was the person giving a Venus flytrap a Santa beard. Yeah. What if all the penises looked like that? They had little googly eyes little and, googly like, eyes Santa, and Santa beards. <laughs> I think we just invented a new kink or stumbled upon mm-hmm. a kink that already exists. Knowing the internet, I'm sure we didn't make that up. Um, yeah, I also, I wonder what you thought of the relationship between the main kid, Pietri, and his dad. So, um, the mother has passed away before the movie starts, and so... His dad is like a single dad. They live in like a very secluded rural area. And it's clear that they, his dad, I can't tell if, they must do it for money, right? Because they talk about like losing all this money when they find all the elk that are dead. Yeah. But they like, reindeer. reindeer. (laughs) But they like butcher and um, skin animals, presumably for for his income. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious what you thought of the relationship between him and his dad. I really vacillated between... Like, his dad is very harsh, and mm-hmm. there are some scenes where his dad is so mean to him, but I think it does a really good job of also showing, at least for me, that, like, the dad cares about him so much and is so sad about losing the mom and, like, doesn't know how to handle the grief. And so I don't know that this movie, like, sticks the landing on that story arc. Like, I think it gets a little clunky towards the end. But I love that they built in the story arc where we have this, like, very complicated relationship between this little boy and his dad. Yeah, well, As I mean, he's discovering, right, right, like, what the truth about Christmas is. Right, and I think also because, um, well, two things about that. One, I think, yes, that's very true. And I also think because there is an aspect of it where it's, like, he's at an age where, like, his friends don't believe in Santa mm-hmm. and... In the beginning when he does, like, he gets made fun of, mm-hmm. and his dad is also kind of telling him, like, Santa's not real and you need to grow up, mm-hmm. which I think is also probably a part of, like, the the fact that he's lost his mom. His dad's kind of, like, being more harsh on him to tell him he needs to grow up. But, um, but then at the same time, I also think that horror movies often put in, like, unnecessary backstories or especially like unnecessarily like 
tragic backstories. Like Disney movies. Right. And it's usually because they don't want to have to write in both parents and they just want to like explain why there's only one parent or mm-hmm, something. Mm-hmm. And so I do like, you know, we watched another horror movie where wait, did we watch Oh wait, yeah. Well, okay. Hang on. Watched another horror movie where a parent was dead. At this point, that episode will have already been released. So you can okay, say. so we can talk about that. Okay. Yeah. So, like, in Freaky, her her dad is dead. And in that, I feel like it wasn't necessary. Like, I don't really feel like it... Like, I love, like, I love that movie, but I don't think that plot was necessary. And I think they just didn't want to write in the dad. And I also kind of feel like they just needed it as an excuse to make it so that, like, that's how she wouldn't get picked up on the first night. Mm-hmm. So, I think that a lot of movies do that, where they're, like, they're just, like, kind of, like, throwing that stuff in there, when sometimes, especially in a movie like Freaky, I feel like that's not what we're there for, so we don't need it, and we don't right. want it. So, in, in Rare Exports, I think the way it was handled in that movie, it was done well enough where it didn't feel like it was unnecessary, or yeah. kind of, like, clunky, or schmaltzy, like, I, I felt like it weaved in and out well without just, like... You know, without me being like, oh, which I could just fast forward through this part. Yeah. Well, plus, it means that it's a movie that is <clears throat> completely devoid of women, right? Like, we never oh, see yeah, I didn't think about that. a female character Yeah. Um, that I can remember. And if we do, they, they are just on screen as, like, background. Because we have this little boy and his dad are our main characters. And obviously, we have all the guys that work on the excavation project who are all men. And then we have... The little boy's friend, who is a boy, and his dad. So, like, it's just very interesting because I think, um, and, you know, we haven't recorded in a while and I feel, I don't want to feel like I'm digging too much into this and, like, reading stuff into it that's not there, but it is interesting because so much of the story seems to be centering around, like, the world telling this little boy he needs to grow up. It's it's important that there aren't any women around him, right? Mm-hmm. Because then, like, the messaging he's getting about what being a man is, is yeah. like, you need to let go of stuff that is, like, childish and intuitive and, like, listen to logic, and, like, some of that messaging may have been different if we had women in the movie. Yeah, because it's, like, they're also, a lot of times his dad is telling him, like, what you're feeling is not valid, or, mm-hmm. like, you need to stop what you're feeling, mm-hmm. and I don't think we would have that if we had more female characters, and I definitely don't think we would have as much of, like, him getting teased by his friend, like, mm-hmm. her still believing in Santa Claus, um, yeah, and I just keep thinking about the bear trap in the fireplace, <laughs> I love that so much, the thing, the, like, the visual that sticks out to me the mo- maybe the most from this movie, which isn't a horror one at all, is the scene where his dad is cooking is cooking them dinner and baking short or gingerbread cookies. Yeah. And it's well, they're like, only having shortbread cookies for dinner because there's no meat. Yeah. Well, because he tried to cook meat and he burned it. Yeah. And then it's like, well, we don't have anything else. So, mm-hmm. um, and it's just like such a, in another movie, I feel like it could have been very on the nose, but again, it's just this interesting, like absence. It makes the absence of women so much more, um, in your face because the dad is literally 
like wearing the mom's old apron. He's this like very we've already seen him in his butcher shed out back, like in his plastic apron to keep the blood off of him. And now he's in the house wearing like mom's old floral apron trying to cook and he's like burning the dinner and he's like getting annoyed at the kid for wanting to talk about mom and like it just I think it creates a really interesting dichotomy and again makes their relationship more interesting because yes there are scenes where the dad is really unkind to the son but you can see how much Mm -hmm. the dad is trying and it's so sad like I think it's such a well-drawn relationship for a movie that ultimately isn't about their relationship yeah I agree I, I agree like that's exactly I think part of what makes the movie work so well is like none of that ever feels like I said like none of that ever feels like clunky mm-hmm. or like I would just be like ah just like because parts of freaky I would be like ugh, just you could just get rid of that and I would be okay mm-hmm. whereas like this I, I wouldn't feel that way I feel like it, it works really well yeah trying to think so I when we thought we weren't going to record an episode on this I deleted all my notes well I have a question for you oh go so you know at the end of the movie where we're skipping ahead here but we get one of those like kind of classic horror movie moments where we see Santa from the outside so we know he's huge Mm -hmm. and that they found him in ice so they're thawing him out Mm -hmm. And he's got, like, huge horns. Mm-hmm. He looks a lot like... The shape of him looks a lot like Krampus. Yeah, exactly. Krampus. We don't ever see his face, but he has the right. same kind of, like, hunch and horns. So that's my question, though, is, like, then we never actually get to see Santa. Mm-hmm. So some movies... I, I feel like this is sort of, like, a great question of, like, monster movies in general. Mm-hmm. Is like, do you show the monster or do you not show the monster? Because sometimes if you show the monster and it's disappointing, then that's not, you know, that's like can take down your whole film. Absolutely. But other times if you don't show the monster at all, then people get, they might not be as scared or they might get mad that you didn't show it. So like for you, in your opinion, what do you think about the fact that we, we get to see like sort of an establishing shot of like, just like the sheer size of the Santa and then, like, the the horns and everything, but that we never actually see what it looks like. For me, that works really well because, like you said, there are so many other visuals that are really horrifying, like the shots of all the old men running. And we didn't talk about this yet, but later on, the little boy's like, we have to lure them away. So he's like, they tie up all the kids that have gotten kidnapped in a giant net, and then he climbs onto the net, and they're like holding the net with a helicopter and flying it through the woods and all these old Santa's helpers are like running through the woods and just like emerging out of the trees. That scene is so scary that frankly for me I don't know what they could have done to create Santa's face that could have been as scary as that. So for me I like that they leave it ambiguous. Like we get an idea for Again, I think in this instance, like, what's really scary is the scale. Like, we see how big he is. We see how many helpers he has and how much they can just, like, inundate an entire landscape. Mm -hmm. And how many reindeer they can slaughter, like, instantly. Yeah. Um, So, like, the idea that it's just this, like, huge... That Santa and his helpers are this, like, huge, like, massive, immeasurable force 
is really scary and ages better than anything that they probably could have done to make Santa's face, I think is where I land. What about you? Yeah, um, I think there's like a tiny part of me that kind of wishes I had seen it. But then when I also think about it in comparison to like Krampus, I find the eventual reveal of Krampus pretty disappointing in the movie Krampus. So Especially when they have so many other monsters in that movie that are so good. Like, yeah, I was like, they ran he out of money. <laughs> he doesn't quite stack up to me. Yeah, yeah. And, and so I think there is a little part of me that's like, oh, it would have been fun if we could have seen it. But I think for the most part, I kind of land on your side of it of feeling like I think it was the right choice to do it the way they did it. And especially since the movie is from 2010, um, to be watching it now, I think the visual of just like establishing how fucking huge the Uh Santa is, is freaky and disturbing Yeah, in a way that actually seeing it may not have been. So I have questions about if Santa has been in the ice for so long. Like he was in ice in the bottom of a mountain. What have his helpers been doing the whole time? Like, have they all been in the hole with him? And if so, like, is the idea then that the story of Santa morphed into this nice thing? And if he were allowed to be out, then, like, we would all be like, oh, Santa's a monster. Yeah, I mean, I think the whole thing is, like, that's why people are like, oh, Santa's not real. And, like, it's just your parents. It's because it's, like... Oh, sure. It's, like, a an overcorrect mm-hmm. of what the real Santa was before he got, like trapped in the ice and commercialized yeah exactly um i like that idea i like because even the little boy like he believes in santa but he's like scared of santa Mm -hmm. he's not like like he's trying to catch santa but not because he thinks that he's like good right (laughs) yeah i mean we're right like we're introduced to this little boy he has like fallen asleep sitting in the little window at the top of his house like keeping watch with a gun yeah scared of santa which is like, again, I think this movie does a great job of establishing a lot of things, like, in these, in quick little shots like that, where mm-hmm. it's like, we get, we get everything we need to know about his character in that scene, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Like, he's very childish, he still, he has that little stuffed animal that he, like, pulls around on a string and mm-hmm. talks to, but... Which I also, also feel like if there was a mom or a, a woman in this movie would not be happening because she'd be like pick that up off the ground <laughs> it's so dirty it's so dirty um he sleeps with that next to his face at night and he drags it around on the ground all day yeah um it was really funny at one point when they were having dinner and the little boy like got up to go outside to pee and jimmy was like what <laughs> like do they not have a bathroom inside and i was like maybe they don't like, yeah they seem to be living in like a relatively like primitive kind of setting where they're just sort of living on a subsistence basis, and it's so cold mm-hmm. that, like, maybe regular plumbing would just be untenable. Yeah. Um, I have questions about how they poop. Makes my butt cold just to think <laughs> about it. Um, I think he mentions that they have an outhouse, but since it's just pee, he's just going to, like, run outside, outside. Maybe that's and run back in. And especially because at that point he's aware that, like, Santa is, like, on the loose. Right. Um, wait, that reminds me of, like, a story from when, um, when I was, like, when I was nannying, and 
one time I was taking the boys I nanny to a play date and we were inside because it had started to get cold and um, one of them was like I can't remember which one it was I think it was the older boy and he was like three he was like, we need to go outside. And I was like, well, it's not time yet. We're going to stay and hang out for a little bit longer. And then he was like, no, I need to pee. We have to go outside. And I was like, what? <laughs> and he was like, I have to pee. We have to go outside. And I was like, dude, we're in the house. Like, let's just go to the bathroom. And he like looked at me confused. And I was like, there's a bathroom right there. We'll go to the bathroom. And... He was like, but the other day at the park I had to pee and we peed outside. And I was like, oh no. <laughs> oh my gosh. I was like, what have I done? <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. I was like, peeing outside is only for emergencies. <laughs> Not all the time. And I was just like, oh God, I need to correct this before this ever comes up when you're with your parents. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, Hannah, is there anything else that you're dying to talk about with Rare Exports? Um, Just that I really liked it. I thought it was really clever. I'm really happy I finally saw it. Are you going to add it to your, like, in I don't regret Christmas uh, repertoire of movies? Yes, I will. Definitely. Yeah. Especially because I feel like so many people haven't seen it. And, you know, now that I'm single, <laughs> there's a good chance that whoever I'm dating in the future will have not seen it. And then I'll be like, woohoo, we can watch this. And then Krampus. And we'll watch all the Christmas horror movies, including, like, 10 movies. Perfect. Perfect. Um, I was also going to say that I don't regret my decade-long drift of acting like I had seen this movie. <laughs> Telling everyone you had seen it. <laughs> um, how many Bloody Marys on our highly scientific scale that we are out of practice using would you give Rare Exports? Oh my god, I've been off this podcast for so long, I don't even, I can't even have Bloody Marys anymore. <laughs> So every time we rate a movie, I'm just going to be like, oh, wish I could have a Bloody Mary. Um, I think I would give this movie four out of five Bloody Marys with reindeer blood. Beautiful. I love it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I'm going to land about the same. I think I'm going to go... Um, like a Bloody... Wait, there's got to be a name for like a Christmas Bloody Mary. I mean, a Bloody Maria feels close because you have the Virgin Mary. Yeah, but that's tequila. Although when I had Bloody Marys, I always had Bloody Marias. Yeah. I was like trying to think like Bloody Mrs. Claus. <laughs> <laughs> Bloody Maria Claus. Bloody Maria Claus. Um, I think I would... I'm going to go... Oh, this is tough. I think I'm also going to go for Bloody Marys in chilled pine classes that have just been like sitting out in the snow Smart. for days and days and days. Okay, I <laughs> got it. And maybe with a side of gingerbread cookies, although I don't know how well oh, those two cute. things would match. They would go good together, especially if it was like a spicy gingerbread cookie. Oh yeah, that's a good idea. Bloody Martin Short in the Santa Claus 3. Wow. <laughs> wow. And on that note, uh, we'll see you guys next week. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.